Our king is alive. For that to really hit home, we have to go back to Friday at 3 in the afternoon. Because before he was alive, Jesus died on the cross. He died. His body was quickly taken off the the cross and placed into a borrowed tomb. Joseph went and got permission. Got Jesus' body off the cross. He had to do it before 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock was the beginning of the next day, the Sabbath. So he couldn't have done that on the Sabbath. So he had to get Jesus' body into his own family tomb before 6. Day 1, Friday, Jesus' body is in a tomb. On the Sabbath, from 6 o'clock on our Friday to 6 o'clock on Saturday, Jesus' body is in a tomb, a borrowed tomb. Saturday is day two. From Saturday at 6 to the next morning, Sunday, day three, Jesus' body still is in the tomb. And then at sunrise, Luke tells us the rest of the story. At the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women, the women, the same women that had stood at the foot of the cross and watched Jesus die on Friday, those women came back to the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared. And they found the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb. So they walked in, but once inside, they couldn't find the body of the master, Jesus. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. Then out of nowhere, it seemed two men, light cascading over them, stood there. The women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The men said, why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? He is not here but raised up. Remember? Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners? He had to be killed on a cross and in three days rise up. And then those women remembered Jesus' words. This morning we are remembering Jesus' words. We're remembering Jesus said certain things about his end. He said he had to be handed over to sinners. He said he had to be killed on a cross. He said, in three days, my body will be raised up. As we remember those words, we want to ask the question, but why? Now, why did Jesus say those things? Why did Jesus do those things? Why did this happen? Because our temptation is to think, well, you know, we're here today, we're celebrating a historical fact. But maybe we, we, we sometimes celebrate the history without thinking about its importance in this moment. So Paul tells us in Romans 6 an answer to our question, why? Why did Jesus have to be handed over to sinners? 
Why did Jesus have to die on that cross? What was behind Jesus being raised after three days? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer it sends every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. That's what we're celebrating today. We're not just celebrating the past. We're celebrating that the past breaks into this moment and we can say, wow, a sin-conquering death. Jesus put an end to our sin-miserable lives. Jesus put an end to our rebellion against God and against goodness, against victory, against success. Whatever you want to say it, Jesus put an end to the thing that always makes our lives miserable, sin. We miss the mark. We fall short of God's glory. And you can just, I don't know, again, I don't know how you say it, but I know that I know that left on myself, I, I gravitate away from things that are right and good towards things that are wrong. I do things for me. I know that at the core of me, I am this selfish person, and I want everybody to, to march around me, and I want everybody to, be, to, to do what I want. Basically, I want to be God with a small g. And when I do that, when I choose to go that way, I'm miserable because it doesn't work. And yet, even in my misery, I try it again and again and again. I keep hitting my head against the wall thinking, well, it's got to work. My my little world's got to work. But Jesus says, you know, I'm going to put an end for all of humanity. I'm going to put an end to sin miserable lives. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with him. The old way of self-serving, rebellious life was nailed to the cross with him. We are no longer bound to sins every beck and call. Hey, boy, do this. Hey, girl, do this. And in some ways, we've been helpless to say no. No longer. Jesus put an end to sin miserable lives. He not only did that, he took sin down with him. Now, Alyssa asked on Friday, are you going to preach like that on Sunday? Well, this is where you could preach like that. It went down with him. Down with him. I mean, sin went down with him. I mean, in some, I don't even know what that means. 
except I know it's over. That Jesus, in his death, sin died with him in some way. He took sin down. So whatever place sin has played in the fall of humanity, Jesus took that away and took it down. He put an end to it. We are no longer under a dominion of sin and death. We're under a dominion of a living king. He took sin down. The curse that fell upon humanity, going all the way back to Adam and Eve, was reversed at the cross. You and I no longer labor under the curse. That's true. We still age. We still have sickness. We still die. We still live on a planet that's fallen. And yet it's being reversed. But we're not under that sin anymore. The cross became sin's tower of Babel. Sin no longer speaks a language that we we understand. It it now speaks a dead language, which means nothing to us. It doesn't mean that we don't hear sin's call. We, We do, but it's like we, you know, it's like what? Huh? Got to really kind of strain. I mean, if you're really following Jesus... When sin begins to beckon you into selfishness, into self-service, into rebellion, into doing things that are destructive, you got to really strain because it's not speaking your language anymore. We are dead to sin and we're alive to God because Jesus died on that cross. Think about that. Dead to sin. Dead to selfishness, dead to self-service, dead to seeking our own way. That's dead in us if we're following Jesus. His death on the cross was a death that conquered sin. And you and I get to enjoy that when? Now. Now. But not only... Was his death a sin-conquering death? He also delivers a life-saving resurrection. Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus was raised bodily from the dead. The body of Jesus that was put in that tomb was raised to life. Jesus rose from the dead in a new glorified body. I could keep on going. You ask me, do I believe that's true? Yes, I believe that's true. I think that is the crux of what Christianity is all about. There's no longer a body in that tomb. No body is there. Jesus was raised from the dead. He put the end of death as the end. Death is no longer the end. I mean, the New Testament, from the cross and the resurrection, no longer says that saints die. The New Testament says we fall asleep. Because the cross and the resurrection was the end of death as the end. It's not the end anymore. Death no longer has the final word. It's not the last word. Alive. 
Jesus brings God down to us. We get to enjoy God. We get to enjoy the life of God. We get to enjoy relationship with God because God comes down to us that we might go up to him. Again, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. There are unique things about the Christian faith. One of the unique things is we don't have to work our way through some sort of structure to get to God and hope that we get there. God came to us. It's the reversal of every religion on the planet. God came to us. God accommodated himself to us. God became like us that we could come to know him, that we could enter into relationship with him, and then we could follow him out of death into life. Jesus blazed a trail that no one else had blazed so that we could follow him. Alive, Jesus brings God down to us. So this morning as we're worshiping, God is here with us. We're not trying to get to God. God's here. We get to feel him. We get to have a relationship with him. We get to love him. We get to be loved by him. God is here. And God is speaking our mother tongue. And as God speaks to us, We hang on every word. God's voice is very much like your own voice. But you know that you know in a moment of silence, that can happen anywhere. It doesn't have to be here in this building. It doesn't have to happen when we're worshiping. It's at at any moment. I had a moment this morning. And a you know a time just just kind of out of the blue, I heard God whisper something to me. All I could say was, "Wow, thanks. It's a great reminder. Thank you." And I hang on those every words. I just that's I I love to live in relationship with a God who's alive, who speaks. I get to listen to Him. So I'm alive. We're alive to God. And we're dead to sin. We're alive to a new way of life. We're dead to the old way of life. So my friends, this is what we believe. We believe this. We are included in Jesus' sin-conquering death and also in his life-saving resurrection. What Jesus did historically comes to play today. We were included. When Jesus died and conquered sin, it was as if we died with him and we enjoy the same sin-conquering death. When Jesus was raised to life, it's as if we were raised to life with him. So that today, those of us who have faith, believe, trust, have committed ourselves to following Jesus, we are dead to sin and we are alive to God now. And the death continues until we're with him forever and ever. And the life can get better and better and better as we move along. All our hope is in him. He is our treasure and he is our truth. In his life, resurrected life is here within us. 
so that even as Paul would say, I'm fading away on the outside, and those of us that are aging, we can say that. We begin to creak. Things begin to not work so good. I'm a little bit slower. Why did it take me so long to do that? We do labor on the outside, but not on the inside because the resurrection of Jesus Christ comes to play today. So I do have some suggestions for us. This week, May the, you know, this isn't just about this morning. I, just, I hope you, we all understand. This isn't just about, okay, it's Easter morning. Okay, we'll talk about Jesus. And then we get back into our old way of life tomorrow. No. May this remain with us. May this be one more installment where we're reminded about the daily impact of the cross and the resurrection in our life. And so when sin calls, and it will, None of us has moved beyond temptation. Every one of us keeps hearing this voice saying, you know, hello, remember me? And our response could be, no, matter of fact, I don't remember you because I'm done with you. We can say, what? I can't hear you. You're not speaking my language. And when God speaks, ask him to keep talking. And just enjoy the listening. I'll give you, let me give you a suggestion. I don't know what your favorite radio channel is, but some, some of us have a radio in our car that works. And, and you may have a favorite channel. So tomorrow morning, Turn it on when you're driving in your car. Maybe easy listening, whatever that is. And kind of listen and think about what I just said. When God is speaking, you're just asking to keep talking. You know, when your favorite song is playing, just, you know, just want to be, would you just call them up? Hey, play that again. Because I'm really enjoying listening to my favorite song. The same time that you're enjoying listening to whatever that is, take it off just like one notch off of your channel. You know how you can kind of hear it, but you can't hear it? And let that be a reminder. That's sin calling. That's the song of sin, but I, you know, I just, I just can't quite make it out. Do that tomorrow. And remember, sin will keep calling, but it's not speaking our language. God is calling. He's speaking our mother tongue. We want to listen to God because he's alive. There's also with us the fear of death, and the fear of death keeps knocking. And, and I, you know, there are those moments when I've lost loved ones, and, and there are, in my grief, I think, golly, is it, is it, really, what I, is it really true? Or is, it, or is this just like, this is like too close to a fairy tale sometimes. Death does knock the wind out of our sails. Because we were meant to live eternally. And we were not meant to be separated from the people that we love forever. We're that just, we're, that's not supposed to happen. It's unnatural. Death is unnatural. It's not the way we were created. And so, so death is a kick in the stomach. And yet, we need to remember that death is no longer an end. 
But for everyone who has trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live forever. So that death no longer is an end. Death becomes an entrance into something that's even greater than we have now. And we need to remind ourselves of that. We want to grieve when our loved ones, yeah, we're going to grieve. When Stephen was stoned, godly men grieved. And yet they didn't lose sight of the hope of the resurrection, that his death was for a purpose, and that through that death he was raised to life. Death for us is entrance into a greater life. Here's a suggestion. Every door you walk through this week, as you're opening that door, think, you know, someday I'm going to pass out of this room to that room, and that room is bigger than this room. Death is an entrance into something better. Then finally, let's enjoy living a new and a richer life, thanking, thanking Jesus for making it all possible. We don't get to be selfish anymore. I don't get to have my pity parties anymore. I don't get to hold on to my vices anymore. That's the old way. With diminishing return. I've noticed in my life, if I hold on to a vice, I mean, sooner or later, it's like, it's like, it loses its flavor because it's not the new way. So we ought to be able to live a new way of life. Our conduct should reflect what we believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And we should be people whose lives are rich and full. And when we face troubles, we can face them without being destroyed, wiped out. I mean, it may be hard. We have hope. We are people who always live with hope because we know that Jesus conquered sin and death on the cross and he conquered sin and death through the resurrection. And we, by following him, enter into that life. So we want to live the way we live our lives the way we treat each other, the way we raise our kids, the way we handle our finances, the way we do our job, the way we mow our yard. I mean, it just keeps going. We live a new life because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The old way of life has diminishing returns. So give it up and get on with a new rich life thanking Jesus for making it all possible. So together, could we stand? And could I just repeat what I hope sticks with us? This is what we believe. We believe we are included in Jesus' sin-conquering death, and we are also included in his life-saving resurrection. Jesus, thank you for including us on the cross. Thank you for including us in the resurrection. Thank you that today, by faith in you, sin no longer is victorious over us. Sin is done in our lives. And thank you, Jesus, that we have life eternal. Death is no longer the end of our lives. Thank you that by your resurrection, we hope for the day of our resurrection. Thank you that when death does come for us, 
that we can fall asleep. And when we wake up, we'll wake up to a brighter, newer day. And thank you that our body someday will catch up because we too will be raised bodily from the dead. So Jesus, we want to say thank you. We want to ask you to empower us today by the Spirit to remember what you've done for us on the cross and through the resurrection. That today, Lord, would be a day of the cross. Today would be a day of the resurrection. It'd be really real, not just an event in history, but that today we know that we can live victoriously over sin. And we know we can live victoriously over death. And we want to live fully today for you. So, Lord, receive our praise and let us now live out what we believe to your glory and in your name. Thank you, friends, for our morning together. May God bless your week, and may you remember the resurrection and the cross throughout this week. Thanks for our time.